Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and sitting with me right now, um, I'd say socially distant enough, is uh, our guest today, Dayton Bennett. Dayton, welcome to the podcast. What's up? It's good to be here. Been talking about this for like a really long yes. time, so I'm excited to... And I'm wondering why we haven't done this yet. Um, is it something about me that you just don't like, or um, just... I overall think, hatred i think now that we have this social distancing thing you know it's just kind of acceptable to be far enough away from somebody to do this i don't know okay listen i've been socially distancing all my life so this is one of the things i hope that survives covid is a social distancing thing yeah i struggle because i'm a hugger but there are definitely moments where i'm like okay i can be used to this whole i'm not around people thing so it's been a, it's been a growing thing for me but yeah yeah i'm not a hugger so keep your distance <clears throat> one day no no. Okay. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about children's ministry today. So I'm going to read here from Matthew 19, verse 13. The children were brought to him that he may lay his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked the people. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. So we're talking about children's ministry. And I, you know, I'm reading this and I, so I grew up at the King James and I'm used to the idea of suffer not the little children, which always cause misunderstanding and um, just, uh, yeah, anyway. So anyway, we're, we're bringing the little children to Christ. So Dayton, um, let's talk about children's ministry. Before we get there, tell us a little bit about you because you have been ignoring the podcast for so long. People <laughs> may not know who you are. So tell us a little bit about you, your testimony, and uh, how you got to the high exalted position you are now sitting at the left hand of me. So, um, actually, right. I'm sorry. That's okay. I can't tell the difference. It's their left. They're fine. Yes. So, no, it's not their left. They're on, <laughs> this is audio, okay? They're not actually going to be seeing this. Um, so, I, um, growing up, was raised in church. Um, and I'll, I'll do my testimony quickly. It's a very long story. Um, growing up in church, knew who God was, um, made my own choices, um, dealt with a lot of doubt and a lot of anxiety um, about my faith. Um, and I knew that God had called me into ministry. And so when I decided and was able to finally start making my own decisions, I decided to go as far away from ministry as possible. Um, insert picture of Jonah here. Hmm. Um, and so, um, I decided to live my own life. God kind of grabbed a hold of me again and, you know, reminded myself, Hey, this is what you're called to do. Um, and so I switched from my, um, projected major, which was biochemistry, um, and, uh, decided to go into seminary. Um, I was at an internship um, in Roscoe, Illinois, studying to be a children's pastor, doing a lot of on-hands ministry there. Um, ended up uh, taking over the children's ministry position in Rockford um, for the church that we were at, uh, which was a blast. Absolutely loved it. It was a really nice transition into schooling there and then just being able to actually have the responsibilities. Um, from there, came up to Beloit and worked at a church here and um, started working with Community Strong and uh, met the administrator here at Rock County Christian School, was offered a job um, as a lowly teacher's aide, doing a bunch of grading and things for um, <clears throat> one of the most amazing teachers in the world there, um, and really enjoyed myself. Wait, you never degraded for me. I never even hardly knew you. So you're talking about the greatest teacher there, but clearly we hadn't met at that point. Anyway, go ahead. All right, so, um, <laughs> so I um, have changed a bunch of positions here, um, but realized that even though I might not be doing local church ministry, 
the ministry that I get to do here at the school is, is really what I feel like God was calling me to do yeah. all along. Um, and so while I'm not a children's pastor, this is where my uh, study is. I've invested thousands of dollars into that part of my education. That's what my degree is in. Um, and I definitely do get to use it daily, even if it's not a local church setting. So that's how you and I got acquainted, was the family conference, yes. the Community Strong Family Conference. And um, that first year you got involved, you ran the children's ministry. Yes. And um, I was happy someone else did that that wasn't me. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I wasn't quite sure what to make of you yet at that point. Um, you're just a young kid. with the, I just remember the weird-looking laptop that had, like, the, uh, the wooden-looking yeah. uh, cover. So anyway... Um, we we had the conference and was that that wasn't uh, no that wasn't Lee Strobel that was the year before, correct. Um, yep. And I put my kids in this ministry. So uh, I remember walking into the gym and you had it all decked out. It was a whole pirate theme. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, these are going to have a fun time. And so I put my two kids in there, and I was shocked to find out um, they actually learned some stuff. <laughs> so it wasn't just cool. I'm a pirate. I'm going to walk around with an eye patch and a sword. They definitely uh, did that too, but <laughs> but they actually did learn some some meaningful content, and it wasn't just a babysitting time. And so that's when I became uh, impressed with uh, with your ministry. So I thought, if we're trying to talk to children's ministry, I'm going to talk to Dave. Oh, cool! Thank so, you. I'm really glad that, that was impactful and, and made a lasting impression on them. That's good. I don't think they remember it today. Well, you remember. That's important. I remember. I don't remember what they learned. But I remember what they learned. They learned something. You know, and it this, was biblical. This is, and it was, this it was is just bad. like your Facebook post. You come home from church. What did I learn from church today? I don't know, but it was really good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, had, I had two women come to me after a sermon I had preached, and they said, uh, Pastor Tom, I was a pastor at the time, that was a great message. Great message. I didn't hear a word you said, but it was a great message. <laughs> okay, whatever. All right, so uh, let's talk about children's ministry. And first, let's, um, maybe we'll talk about, and I didn't, feed you all of these questions ahead of time so um i apologize and we'll, we'll stop the recording if you can't answer these or actually we won't stop the recording and i'll air this for everyone to know um that you don't know much but uh there is a movement in the church today and i don't want to get too controversial actually i do um but there are some would say we shouldn't have a children's ministry um the family should be together and it's 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 like heresy you're taking away uh, a parental role by even having a children's ministry. So how, would, how would you respond to that? So that is something that um, I have I felt, and I felt the increase of that um, coming going through school into my first ministry position, and then it seems like the longer I spent in children's ministry, the more that was becoming normal. Yeah. Um, and so I am a big believer in the fact that um, children should be a part of the family unit, when it comes to ministry. Like, I, I absolutely wholeheartedly believe in family ministry. But I don't want to miss the fact that students and children receive differently than an adult would. Right. And while it is so important that families are together, children need to be taught or educated differently than you would educate a middle schooler, differently than you would edu educate, educate yeah. a high schooler. And so when it comes to content creation, when it comes to um, how speaking happens, when it comes to what is happening, um, I am a, a big advocate for let the children be children. Yeah. And so even if that's once a month, you know, everybody worships together and then the kids go off into their own, their own place, like that's fine. But for the most part, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of 
let the kids be kids, right. engage them in a way that is meaningful to them, and then give them opportunities or give the family opportunities to engage together. But don't take that away from the kids because they need right. that development in their life. And I'd also say don't take that away from me. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, when I'm in a, when I'm in a service um, with my kids, and you, you know my kids, um, I am not going to be listening to whatever's going on. Yep. Uh, my worship will be impacted because I'm... <laughs> I'm telling this kid he's got to be sitting down and he's got to... It, it, some of the stuff I, I really think is almost unreasonable to expect uh, of kids of a certain age. And so I want them to just not... I, I don't want their formative years just to learn how to sit down and shut up. Um, but I would like them to have some content yeah. that they're going to get that they're not going to get maybe in a um, in a, in an adult service. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. But that doesn't... Um, and I don't think a children's ministry, the existence of a children's ministry doesn't negate the role I have as a father. And, and you're a father too, and so you get this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, and, and just to kind of springboard off of that, um, pastors, I, I have never met a children's pastor that has the desire to take away the parental role. Yeah. I do know that there are many cases that we do have to, at some point in time, kind of supplement that. Right. Especially we see... Um, outreach families or some of these students coming in that come with friends or that you know that their parents yeah. are not attending the church at that point that does put a lot of extra stress on us to es essentially parent and guide them because they're not getting that at home yeah but I have never once met a children's pastor that says oh please like stop teaching your children let me give yeah. them all of their input like we want to partner with parents right. to be able to help just supplement. You guys are doing a lot of the education at home. They they get more from you than from anybody else. Right. We see them for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning and maybe an extra hour on Wednesday night. We are just trying to equip them and encourage them and supplement right. what it is that you guys are already doing at yeah. home. So we do not think that you guys are failing. We simply want to equip you and help right. you and just partner with you in that way. You know, when I was a principal at a Christian school out in Massachusetts, whenever we interview new families, the first thing I tell them is, this isn't going to work unless we are an extension of what you are already doing at home. So we are a tool in your hand that you can use. Absolutely. But you have the pri primary responsibility. I mean, in Scripture, it's clear. Parents have the primary responsibility of raising their kids. But I view children's ministry as a tool that parents can use in that goal and in that effort. Correct. And, and I mean, you can even look at, like, adult ministry at that point, right? right. Like. Church is wonderful. It's designed for fellowship. It's designed to, as a community, come together and, and grow together. Yeah. But it is not being in church that makes a person a successful Christian. It's what they apply to their life. Right. And so children's ministry allows for that environment of fellowship with people, with kids their age to engage and grow together. Yeah. And, and if we lack that, then like what you said earlier, it's just sit down, shut up, and just listen to whatever's right. being preached at you. And, and we miss so much uh, potential to invest into these kids yeah. and their development. You know, what you said was really good in, in the idea that I have a command. I'm supposed to be in the Word of God. I'm supposed to be in Scripture, learning, growing closer to Christ through that. I don't view the Sunday morning sermon or Saturday, whenever you go to church, um, as an attack on that. Um, I, I view that as, as God is using that to get me deeper into the Word. So children's ministry is an attack on me as a parent. But again, it's something I could use to bring my kids closer to Christ. And they're going to say things and do things in such a way that I wouldn't. 
that they wouldn't get otherwise. It's one of the things I hate as a chapel speaker. Um, I have some kid like <clears throat> Dayton who comes in and speaks in chapel, and kids are like moved, and I'm like, I say that all the time, <laughs> but this guy comes in, and he looks a little cooler than I do, and he says it just, but, but that's, that, that's a good thing. And, and, and kids need to hear that. And so my kids need to hear um, what uh, is being said in our, in our junior church system. Um, and that, that, that helps me as a parent. In fact, that, that, that helps me. One of my favorite things to do on a Sunday uh, after church is let's talk about what you guys learned in church. Yeah. And I can build upon the blocks that they just handed me. Absolutely. That I wouldn't have had otherwise. Yep. Yep. And it's always so cool, too, because... Um, you know, as they're telling you something, you can pull something that you heard in your in your lesson or yeah. what was preached to you. You're like, oh my goodness, it's so interesting you say that because here, and then you are helping them connect the dots right. and make these connections and, and help their brain fire the neurons so that way they, they're, they're making all of these neural connections. And it, it like, on a psychological level, it's amazing when, when they study something and you study something and you come together right. to discuss it. It's, it's just, it, it's unlike anything else. Yeah, I will say, I failed at that the other night. Um. <laughs> Tommy was talking to me, my son Tommy was talking to me about Sodom and Gomorrah. Apparently they were le- learning that in, in his Christian school. And so I said, you know what, let's supplement that. Let's build upon that. And I want to show you the, the A&E documentary on the Bible that has ninja angels. Have you ever seen that? I have not. Oh, it's cool. These guys, they pull out swords and they're going ahead and chopping people's heads off and stuff. Um, so <laughs> I scared to death. I scared my son to death, but I thought it was just cool. Anyway, so I'm, I'm bad at that. I'm a bad parent to begin with. So... Um, and my wife is agreeing with this. So she's <laughs> so, all right, let, let's let's circle back here, and just children ministries in general. You you do a great job. Uh, at least you did that one time. Assuming it, it you've Thank done you. it before, uh, and, and after. But how do you make a children's ministry fun, engaging, and exciting, yet not like meaningful and trivial and just a time of silliness, but something that you can actually use to teach? Um, <clears throat> I think that comes with research and experience um so i mean you have to take into consideration how do kids learn yeah and so um i used to i had this mentality anytime we were at camp at kids camp and we were counselors we told all of the leaders that were serving under us um we said the more fun they can have during the day the more they're going to take away from service at night Mm. and because kids need that component so they do need the fun the silly the goofy yeah but when you're able to connect that to the depth and to the meaning and somehow in some quirky, stupid way make it all make sense, they take that home with them. Yeah. Um, I remember um, I was probably 13, 14, and I was serving in a children's ministry, and we did a sketch on something called the stink of sin. And so it was a, it was a little perfume bottle and um, she sprayed it around. It was this little princess, and she sprayed it around because she did something wrong, and everybody that walked by could smell the stench. Mm. And so we talked about how when we sin, it makes us an unattractive person. And I have kids, this is like 10 years later, that come up to me and say, do you remember that princess with that with this <laughs> smelly spray bottle? And they're talking about this, and they're like, it, it just stuck for them. Right. And so um, we need to make sure that we are being fun. We need to make sure it's engaging, but we also need to connect it to the yeah. meaning. It, 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 I see too many people that are, let's spend a half an hour playing games and being fun and being silly, and then go sit down, and now I'm going to preach to you for a half hour. Yeah. And that just it lacks. Right. So if you can incorporate um, the silly, incorporate the goofy, incorporate the, 
um, the interaction and teach along the way, that is what's going to provide lasting meaning for these kids. That's something that they're going to take away. And actually, one of the resources that I'll give you um, is, is a book that is all like just full, full of ideas of how to tell Bible stories and how to preach mm. lessons and do things in new and engaging ways. And this was like, honestly, this was my second Bible. So I had my Bible that I researched and then I went right to this, how, okay, so now I know what I'm teaching, how am I gonna teach it? And so this was, um, this was amazing. So I'll, I'll Okay, so we're, this is the basic Bible podcast. We get all, the, all theological. And I don't want people thinking you just said there's a second Bible. <laughs> uh, we're not talking about the, the inspired, inerrant, preserved word of God. Uh, we're talking about something that was helpful in his ministry yes, and teaching absolutely. the inspired, preserved word of God. Yes. Just gonna, you know, I, I got Ray Jewell is listening to this. Oh goodness, hi and he's Ray. He's already emailing me right now, <laughs> uh, talking about the heresy that you just preached on the podcast. So, Sorry. all right, let's talk about what what I'm curious as to you, what, what you think about the idea of what makes a successful Christian children's ministry. What are the marks of a successful? So metrics. Ministry? We're talking metrics here. Yeah. So this is really interesting. Um, this is one of the things I wrote down actually as a pitfall of children's ministry is that we get caught up in metrics. Um, so you're attacking my question. No, I bring you on this not. podcast and you attack no. me. Okay. No, I think, you, I think you make a very bad point um, because we get it wrong. Yeah. We have to understand as children's ministry, you don't see results. And it is one of the most frustrating, yeah. irritating, makes you want to quit things in the world when you work with these students every single week and don't see change. Yeah. And it, 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 it's very defeating. And you, you hang on and you push through. And just like that student that I was telling you about, 10 years later, they come up to you and you're like, I remember this one time and that made a difference for me. Yeah. You are not reaping. Like children's ministry is not where you are, are reaping the harvest. Children's ministry is planting the seeds and watering right. it every single weekend. And so it can be so frustrating because you look at it and you're like, wow, this is not successful. We are not seeing life change. Success in a children's ministry comes by building relationships. And yeah. if you are effectively building the relationships with these students, you are running a successful children's ministry. Mm. If you are building the relationships that they will be able to look back on, they'll be able to text you or call you or send you a Facebook yeah. message, or you, know, you are making an impact as, as a, um, I don't wanna say like a, a developing figure for them, but you're not the parent. You're not the caretaker, yeah. you're not the nurturer, but they look back and they're like, I know that if I ever needed something, I could get a hold of them. Right. That is success in a children's ministry. How, how are you building relationship? It's not even just saying we have 100 kids in church. Yeah. And, and the COVID world, that's not possible <laughs> to begin with, right? right? So you ask yourself, how are we building relationships with our students? That is when we see success because then it's two, three, 10, 20 years down the road that you're seeing the fruit of the seeds that were right. planted, even as a five or a six year old. There's another word for that. It's called discipleship. There you go. And, and that's, yeah, it's, it's not about how many kids made a profession of faith, how many kids were in your class. But again, it, it, it's taking that time week after week after week, building that relationship, showing them Christ, showing them love. And only later does that prosper. Right. Um, I was just thinking as you were talking about that, a student I had uh, here when I taught junior high, which is a long time ago now, um, but he called me just recently. He's, he's in a seminary right now studying to be a youth pastor. Um, I never would have guessed. Never would have thought this kid actually left our school a long time ago under some bad circumstances. But, you know, he was talking to me about still some of the things we learned in that class, that little junior high Bible class. Um, 
you're, you're planting seeds, and again, the nature of planting is you're not going to see the results immediately. Yeah. Um, you you got to let that grow, and you get uh, you know uh, even in, in First Corinthians, it's Paul who planted Apollos watered, but it's God that gave the increase. Right. And so it, it takes patience, um, and it's real easy. You know, we were just joking about metrics. It's easy to want to measure ourselves because we all have that desire to, to know, am I doing this right? Am I, I want to see something right now. But that's kind of more self-gratifying Absolutely. than anything else. It's more of a pride thing because I want to know I'm doing a good job and not my focus is off of where it should be. Yeah. All right, let's talk about – you mentioned some pitfalls um, and that's certainly one. Are there any others that you would you'd throw out there? Yeah, so key metrics were a big one, like making sure you keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. Um, burnout. So I want to mm. talk about burnout for a moment. So be, as a children's pastor, Sunday mornings are our go time. Like, we don't make it to, we don't make it to the big kid service. Yeah. Like, we don't get to engage in worship ourselves. We don't get to engage in that ourselves. And so it requires us to be very intentional about continuing our relationship with God outside of the church service. So like just like we were talking about, it's, yeah. it's, it is simply a tool. It is not the end all be all. And children's ministry is, is a very good example of that. So um, children's ministers, if you're listening to this, this is just your encouragement to continue to seek God on your own. Yeah. Continue to surround yourself with, with like-minded people that are going to encourage you and that you're going to be able to do that fellowship time with. Everybody else gets fellowship time on Sunday mornings. They get that community aspect. So I would encourage you, as someone who didn't always seek that out and felt the weight of that, to find a community of people yeah. that you can hang out with, that will you can study scripture together and just put on a worship song and worship together or just, just do life with to be able to meet that component. Um, and also to take care of your volunteers in that regard as well. If you've got volunteers that are serving every week or every other week, they are also probably going to feel the weight of yeah. missing out on that fellowship time, and they don't always recognize it. So as a children's minister, you need to recognize it for them. Um, I've been at churches where you know people were allowed to serve every single week. I've been at churches where people are only allowed to serve once, once a month because yeah. of that. Um, I we did our best to find balance, and you know if you're serving, watch the recap video, you know, watch it online, and let's talk about it, like doing that kind of stuff. But take care of yourself and take care of your volunteers. Yeah. Um, and then one really big theological um, pitfall that I definitely want to address is that we oftentimes oversimplify concepts to children. Hmm. And so in our brains, we think, okay, this is a really hard concept for them to understand, so I'm going to make it as easy as possible. And what we do is we create an absolute. And I learned this early on, um, how horrible this is to teach absolutes to children in a biblical term. For example, and this is the one that I always use, Jesus is with you, therefore you don't have to be afraid. Hmm. So the idea that peace that surpasses all understanding is accessible to us is a very hard concept to explain to a child. Like yeah. no matter what you're going through, you can have peace. And so what we do is we water that down and simplify it is Jesus is with you, don't be afraid. So then a kid who is feeling fear says to themselves, well, if Jesus is with me, why am I still afraid? Right. And so we have turned a very complex concept into an absolute that hurts the children's development yeah. and understanding. And what they do is they grow up thinking something must be wrong with me because this is not the case. Right. And so um, that, that is like on the developmental side and, and ministering to kids, that is a really, really big one that, that I feel like a lot of... Of children's pastors and, and speakers that I've heard do, 
and we don't even realize that we're doing it because we're trying so hard to help them rationalize this concept, but we have to be careful like, hey, let's not talk about absolutes. It's okay to have doubts. Yeah. It's okay to have these fears. It's okay. Let's talk about them. Right. And how do we handle those? Exactly. Give them some coping skills instead of just, yeah. Because fear is part of life. And this is also the reason why uh, I spend so much time in my theology classes here uh, correcting false ideas about the Trinity because you've done it down to such a degree that um, it's heretical. But that's another story for another time. All right, we are running out of time. So, Dayton, we, we end each of our podcasts with some thoughts on some deeper, uh, some resources to go a little deeper. And you've got a pile of books here, which I respect anybody who brings a pile of books onto the podcast. So tell us a little bit about what you brought here. Okay, so I have um, essentially three different sections of resources. And so I'm going to address the group that I'm going to be like offering them to, and then I'll tell you what they are. All right. So um, the first one is um, if you are a children's pastor or a children's minister and you're looking to engage your students in a new and exciting way to be able to make that content meaningful for them, there's a book called The Fabulous Reinvention of Sunday School. And I absolutely hate the word Sunday School. Yeah. Like it's, oh, oof, growing up, oof. Um, but this book is, is amazing. It has like, I don't know, 40 something different ways to tell a story, to tell a Bible story, a bunch of different ways that you can interact with the room, like different ways you can use different props and, and engaging things. Um, so this was amazing um, as I was in school and in my early years of ministry when I just kind of felt stuck in a rut, like I don't know how to engage the kids. I feel like they're zoning out. That book was amazing. Um, I have two books that I would recommend in terms of discipling children. Um, the first one is called Pulse, Pumping Life into Your Kids Ministry. Um, it's, it's made by Kids Matter, but essentially it's 36 chapters, um, each written by a different author. And so it's just like blog posts or things that they mm. pulled and asked people to elaborate on. But a lot of the content in here is how to engage with students better and how to deepen the relationship with God. So that's really good. And then Children's Ministry in the Way of Jesus by um, Sinos and Beckwith. This was um, my main text that I studied um, in college when it came to children's ministry. And it just talks about the fact that students are on a pilgrimage just like us. Like we are not further along than they are. We are walking hand in hand with yeah. them as we continue to learn and develop our relationship with God. A lot of times we try to say, oh, come on, catch up. Like, come on, I've been here before, let's go. But we don't realize is they're on their own spiritual pilgrimage as well. And what they're learning can help us, what mm -hmm. we've learned can help them. This book is wonderful on cross-generational ministry. Um, and things like that. And then the last, um, the last section of books that I'll offer um, are for people in ministry um, that are looking to be able to minister better to their kids. Um, the first one is Groups Emergency Response Handbook. And um, I have here the Children's Ministry Edition, but it's got all sorts of topics and how to counsel and help kids um, on things like abuse, bullying, family dynamics, death, depression, all sorts of stuff. They make a parent version of this as well, that if, you're, if your student is going through some of these things, you can get a hold of, and it, it just offers some guidance. The Volunteer Code by Ryan Frank, if you're looking to um, encourage your you're volunteers. You're showing these books to I, the microphone. I know. Um, they can't see that. Well, it's got a lock on the front of it. And a bunch <laughs> of, so the volunteer code um, was amazing. Um, and if you're looking to recruit volunteers or um, like build life into your current volunteers that you already have, that is amazing. Lots of really good practical advice. And the last one is written by Jeannie Mayo, and it's Thriving Youth Groups. Hmm. Um, but a lot of the content in here can be applicable to children's ministries as well. It talks a lot about small group development. That's something we didn't even have time to talk about today. 
um, small group development, allowing students to be able to speak back and like yeah. kind of share back what they're learning and create that dialogue. So I hope that at least one of these resources will be helpful to you. But you know, that's real. I wish we had more time to talk about that. The idea of allowing kids to talk back. We have a second podcast um, coming up because that, that applies to children's and youth ministry. It does. It, you know, can, that's. That's the one thing that revolutionized my teaching was the idea. And again, I, I am all for preaching. I, I am a preacher <laughs> at heart, um, and, I, and I do that. I do a lot of lecturing in my classes. But the idea of them talking back to me allows me to gaze into their mind. It also gives them a, a sense of value and worth yeah. um, to get to express their opinion. Sometimes I, you know, there needs to be correction. That's fine. But, but you don't know the correction that needs to exist unless they're right, able to share exactly. that with you in the first exactly. place. Yeah. And so it really has, has, has done much to uh, not just improve relationships, but it improves, as you said, improves the preaching as well. Yep. Because now I have a better idea of what they need to hear yep. and where they're at. But anyway, that's okay. So but i got to shut up because we are, we are out of time. So uh, don't forget to join us at uh, www.basicbiblepodcast.org. We're going to have a link to all of those books that Dayton just mentioned, and more. Um, check us on Twitter at Basic Bible Cast and Instagram on the same handle, although I rarely update the Instagram thing. But I, I, I will do that this week. So check it out this week. <laughs> I will have something on there. Okay, so until next week, have a good rest of your week. Bye.